Hello and welcome to the Centre for Entrepreneurs podcast series. The Centre for Entrepreneurs, home of the NEF Fast Track programme, is a leading entrepreneurial foundation. We support the entrepreneurial doers and makers who change lives and grow Britain. My name is Laura Campbell. Join me in this podcast series as I talk to the brightest and best of the entrepreneurial community. I'm joined today by Rai Morgan of Unmind, who's going to tell us more about his business. Uh, Rai did uh, the NEF programme. Uh, so Rai, first of all, nice to speak to you, nice to hear from you. Um, why did you do NEF? Um, I think originally, I mean, it's, it's quite a few years ago now, I think it was 2011-12. Um, what originally appealed to me about NEF was the fact that I'd already started my first business and I ended up joining NEF as a, I think the first self-sponsored person on the program. Um, but I'd never really had any formal insight or peers or learning or know, group or network really that was all about entrepreneurship and people that were hungry, ambitious, talented, smart folks, all trying to sort of drive in the same direction. And so the opportunity to sort of connect with them, um, regularly meet up with them, pick their brains, get their advice, I think really stood out um, alongside the training and the coaching and, and whatever else. And so um, it just seemed like an amazing place to sort of immerse yourself in with not much to lose really in that sense and an awful lot to gain. Fantastic. And so you went on after the NEF program uh, so uh, to form your own company, Unmind. Um, could you tell us a bit about what Unmind is and what motivated you to set up such a company? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so when I was on NEF, I was running my last business. That was a workplace wellness platform focused on physical health. I grew that over six years and then it was acquired by a global benefit provider called Reward Gateway. Um, I spent nine months at that organization and then just as I was sort of handing over the reins and, and thinking about what next, I stumbled into a few other people who ultimately became my co-founders of Unmind. And sort of when originally touching base with the people that would go on to become the co-founders, I think a couple of things really stood out for me. Uh, one was that it was in an industry that I'd spent at that point six, seven years really getting to know inside out. Uh, so selling into enterprise, B2B, sort of software around workplace wellness. Uh, I'd kissed a lot of frogs to find the Prince Charmings over six years. I'd grown a network and a Rolodex of people from that space that were far more experienced than myself and could definitely point me in the right direction. Um, and I guess I'd really cut my teeth in, in that side of things as an industry. Um, on the flip side of that, and, and, and far more importantly, mental health had always been the subject closest to my heart and one that I'd wanted to try and make a dent in at some point in my life. The two predominant reasons for that are, um, on the one hand, I've got a, a family member who's struggled with chronic depression for, for their entire life. And due to family circumstances, I'm often the one on the end of the phone, you know, trying to talk with them or work with them when they're in a particularly dark place. Um, so over 10 years of doing that, just seeing where they could be far more empowered to proactively work on their mental health and well-being, and hopefully avoid the, the frequency of uh, depressive bouts that they were experiencing. Um, the NHS does an, an amazing job, but it can only do so much. And um, so I think there's far more that we could be doing as organizations, as individuals to empower people with um, proactive and preventative tools and training. And then the second piece is that I've personally had two bouts of, of clinical depression, um, both whilst running my previous venture, uh, both rather severe. At one point, I, I had to see a crisis team every day for, for two weeks straight because I was deemed by the NHS to be a, a really high risk of suicide. 
Um, I probably wouldn't be here if it wasn't without the impact and input of a really phenomenal GP in London. Um, she pointed me in the right direction. I had lots of talking therapies, um, psychotherapy, cognitive behavioral therapy, mindfulness-based cognitive behavioral therapy, um, benefited from all of those services uh, alongside medication and eventually an ADHD diagnosis. And I guess I came away from that experience enormously grateful for all the, the energy, time and resources that people had, had given me to help get better. Um, but I also came away with, a, I guess, a, a deep-rooted frustration, which was often all of that stuff isn't brought to people's attention until it's far too late, until they're you know, in, a, in, in a really bad spot. And, and yet all of those tools, techniques and methodologies are not just the things that can help us survive when we're not well, but they're also the things that can help us just proactively maintain our health and well-being and if not thrive. And so just that, that sort of perspective of why aren't we doing more as a, as a society, as businesses, as organizations to empower people to proactively work on their mental health and well-being. Um, so when that opportunity came to combine an industry that I knew really well with a subject that couldn't be any closer to my heart, I kind of jumped at the chance. And that was alongside several other co-founders, um, all of whom have their own deep-rooted personal um, reason and alignment with the subject matter. One of whom is a clinical psychologist, spent 10 years in the NHS, um, kept meeting patients that he wished he could have met sooner. Um, another one is uh, sort of uh, well-being guru and coach who was working with senior leaders in C-suite uh, organizations are in South Africa and having an enormous impact, but it was in a face-to-face -face context where they kept saying, hey, this is great, but you're reaching 30 people. How do we reach 30,000? And then um, from a technical viewpoint, our initial CTO was someone who has his own very vivid uh, journey and affiliation with mental ill health. And uh, so we all came at it with this deep, deep, deep um, poignant passion to try and move the needle when it comes to workplace mental health solutions. That's fantastic. And um, in terms of your own well-being, you mentioned it just then about how your mental health was affected and how that um, led to you, you setting up your own business. Um, can you now tell me uh, a bit about how setting up a business has actually affected your mental health and what advice you give to any of our listeners in terms of maintaining their mental health at, when founding a business? Yeah, um, so I think starting a business is is obviously hard um if you look at the stats then they tell a pretty bleak picture which is most businesses don't work out um so i think you have to come into it eyes wide open that this isn't some fairy tale dream ride and it's going to be a cakewalk all the way through to an ipo that's absolutely not what happens to the vast majority of companies just being you know as a matter of fact um so suffice it to say things are going to get hard in some way shape or form at many points and there are going to be lots of fires that you don't necessarily always have the time and energy to put out so you've got to prioritize and still be okay managing to go to sleep at night knowing that there's more you could always be doing um, and so i think that the big thing for me and a big learning for me and i think for anyone looking to start their own business or in the early stages of, of setting up their own business is to have a bit more like self-compassion um and not be as hard on yourself as perhaps you probably are being. I think entrepreneurs or, or, or founders, they're obviously very driven, determined, ambitious people. And I think that particular group of individuals can often be extremely hard and critical on themselves and not often cut themselves a lot of slack. So that in combination with this whole like, 
quote unquote crushing it mentality where people can often present a facade that everything's going extremely well and they've hired the best people and they've raised from the best investors and their sales are just going through the roof and it's all like hunky dory. Actually, I think 99 times out of 100 underneath the surface, that person is going to and that business is going to be having its own difficulties and foibles and issues. Um, and so I think just being compassionate with yourself to not always run yourself ragged and, and to allow yourself to take the time out and take stock and, and avoid running yourself into the ground by working every hour every day. And then you'll be no good to yourself or anyone else if you kind of hit that critical point of burnout. Um, but I think the other advice would be try and either join or find or curate a, a network, a small, a small group of peers, you know, the, between maybe five to, to seven folks that um, you meet with on a regular cadence, whether it's once a month, once a quarter, um, and just create a safe space, like a safe space is like psychological um, openness and candor where you can be vulnerable and you can say, hey, actually, this is something that I'm really struggling with, or this is something that's gone really wrong, and um, I might not be comfortable saying it to anyone else, and that could be inclusive of your peers or your immediate best friends or your, your partner. Um, but in a business context, I think creating that group of like-minded folks who can really resonate with what you're going through and empathize and then share their best in advice. And, and I think one of the other things I'd really, um, I found helpful myself and would advocate others do is to try and create, find, or, or join a network of a small group of like-minded people at a similar stage in a position to yourself um, who are also founders or you know, entrepreneurs. Um, and, and create a, a regular cadence where you meet up, be it once a, a, week, a month or once a quarter, um, and, it, it, and just have an environment of, of openness and candor and vulnerability. Create a psychologically safe space to say, hey, you know what? Yes, on the outside and in the press, it might look like I'm you know, going to the moon and back, but in reality, I've got these really big issues going on and these massive fires burning, and I might not be honest about it to other um you know, people within the team, like, so I don't want to scare the staff or might not even be comfortable talking about it openly to my best friends or my partner. But um, having that environment where you can say, actually, this is really going wrong or I'm, I'm absolutely tearing my hair out or not able to fall asleep at night because of X, Y, Z. Um, these are people whom, once you create that cadence in that space, uh, they're probably going through something similar to you or have been through something similar to you. And, and thus that empathy uh, can create that connection where they can then you know, make suggestions or just provide advice or guidance or say, hey, actually, I did the exact same thing and this is what I found worked um, or what didn't work more often than not can be just as helpful. So I think uh, if you can find that small group of people who are willing to be open and vulnerable and not just like macho and everything's perfect and great and they're willing to put down that veneer and facade, I think can be a really powerful place to um, to be open and, and honest and um, get that kind of off your chest, really. That's fantastic. And I, I mean, I've really seen that with the NEF program. Um, you've got constant um, companionship and constant uh, sharing of stories and experiences. And I think that's, that's exactly what you're talking about. So that's something that I want to ask you next, which would be, why would you encourage people to do the Fast Track program? And in, if, from your experiences, um, you know, have you still stayed in contact with people from NEF? How, how has it impacted your life? Yeah, in a, in a lot of ways, I think. Um, so uh, 
on the, like related to that last question, one of the groups that I meet up, meet up with or um, best I can meet up with on a monthly basis is a group of nephers. Um, and that, you know, I was on the program six, seven years ago. So that's testament to, I think, the quality of connections and the relationships that you're able to build and foster through the, the people that are it's on the fast friendship. track. Yeah, like friendship. absolutely friendship. I mean, I've lived with nephers. I've, I've had flatmates who were nephers after the program. I didn't go into the program and they were my flatmates. Like they were just really cool, great people that I had a lot in common with and loved hanging out with. Um, so I've had neph flatmates. I've been to invited to weddings of nephers. Um, and still have several like best friends who are people that I either met during my year or just kind of connected with in subsequent years. Because um, I think it's a really special group of folks who are ambitious, are driven, and, and yes, they might take a particular interest in certain subjects or industries or domain expertise, um, but there's definitely a golden thread that I think exists throughout the majority of the cohorts. And um, I've had an, an <laughs> enormously positive impact on my life um, be it through the the peers that I've had when I'm you know not in a great place and I'm really struggling and being able to turn to them for support and advice through to just having a few great beers with people that um, I think are cool funny and and you know uh, bring me fulfillment and um, provide energy in that way so I think uh, that was definitely during the year and after the year, one of the biggest factors I'd say um, I benefited from and I'd advocate someone joins the program because of is the peer-to-peer the -peer, um, sharing knowledge and, and connection that you can create. Yeah, so you're saying the NEF is good for your mental health? Yeah, like <laughs> definitely. Um, absolutely. I mean, any, any role, any business is going to be tricky at times, but I think if you can have yeah. that support group or that network around you that you can lean on, then um, anything that can help create or galvanize that for you is going to be a massively positive contributing factor when, when things are tough. Fantastic. And so uh, you've talked about NEF saying, you know, it, you know, you're creating this network, you're creating these links, these friendships, um, which then in turn, you know, stop the, you know, the founding feeling, essentially, you know, yeah. the feeling of being isolated. For sure. And so that's really essential. And I think that anyone who is starting up their own business should definitely consider that. Um, I want to ask you now, so from our mind, what are, you, what are your ambitions and how, how do you protect your own mental health when you're, when you're scaling your business? Oh, uh, so we're an extremely ambitious organization. I mean, we want to be globally the de facto category leader within workplace mental health platforms. Um, we absolutely want to be the de facto global category leader of workplace mental health platforms. Um, we started as four co-founders. We're now 40 people in one office in London. Um, we're working with over 30 clients in, that now have like users and employees using our platform in I think over 35 countries around the world. Um, we absolutely want to be the de facto uh, provider globally and category leader of workplace mental health platforms. Um, that's going to take time. We're definitely in our embryonic nascent stages still, even though we're three years in. I think we've done an awful lot in that period. We started as four co-founders and now 40 people in one office in London. Um, we've got 25, 30 clients. It's an ever-increasing roster of really cool, awesome, big organizations that are demonstrating they definitely care about the mental health and well-being of their workforce. That's companies from Fantastic. British Airways to John Lewis and Partners to William Hill to Just Eat. and. Mental health is, is human, so we're, we're industry agnostic, we're sector agnostic, and 
we want to get into as many businesses as we can on a, on a global basis. And like moving into next year, international expansion is very much front and center of what we're doing. Um, and so is the quality and, and scientific rigor of our content. We see really uh, powerful outcomes for the users that use the online platform, whether that's just because they're dealing with a problem that they're experiencing for the first time, whether they're trying to support someone else, like a friend or a family member who's struggling with a, a mental health difficulty, or whether they're just using it to be the best version of themselves that they can be in terms of improving their sleep and their productivity and their leadership and their focus. Um, those are all everyday testimonials we get from people that are signing up and using Unmind. And uh, to date, we've had, I think, three rounds of funding. Woo. <laughs> the most recent one was about 12 months ago. Um, and I think or maybe the start of this year. So in early 2019, we raised three million pounds uh, with the, the lead investor being Felix Capital. They're a super jazzy, awesome bunch of people uh, who definitely shared values and alignment with us as to uh, just what we wanted to do and what we wanted to achieve and, and how we wanted to go about doing that. And we're now in the midst of um, hopefully closing another round of funding to move into the next 12 to 18 months. And that's very much to, to build on our successes and achievements today um, and take the proposition more worldwide, really. Fantastic. And how do you protect your own mental health when you're doing all this? Because this is big scale. Yeah. Come on, you're doing big stuff. Uh, with difficulty on occasion. Um, but I think, you know, for me personally, everyone has the things that are going to be really beneficial or detrimental to how they're feeling on any given day. Um, so a lot of them are quite cliched or trite, um, but they're often cliched for a reason. Um, it's because there's, there's a lot of truth. Right. To them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so for me, one of the biggest ones is sleep, I'm trying to prioritize sleep and get as much of that as I can. Um, if I don't get sleep recurrently and I think my mental health definitely, or at least the very least well-being definitely suffers. Um, exercise, nutrition, like all of that stuff. For me, of all of the interventions I went through via the NHS, the one that impacted me most was, was mindfulness-based cognitive behavioral therapy and more in the mindfulness piece of that. Um, mindfulness isn't for everyone. There's no silver bullet, but that's just what kind of stuck out for me uh, in terms of having more control of my thoughts rather than my thoughts having control over me. Um, so I try and practice that as frequently as I can, even if it's just five, 10, 15 minutes. Um, and then again, having those, creating those environments and, and touch points where you can be open and honest and vulnerable with yourself to sort of take a pulse check and say, hey, actually, I think I'm burning the, the midnight oil a bit too much and I'm foregoing and all the good stuff that helps me keep well. You need um, a rest. And you need a rest because it can be far too easy to sort of be like, oh, I, 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 you know. Just keep going. Just keep doing yeah, one more thing. One yeah. more thing. It's oh, fine. You know, I'll, I'll blow off that drink with my good friend just yeah, this yeah. once. And like, yeah. oh, yeah, I don't need to sleep tonight. Or like, yeah, yeah, oh, I'll, I'll eat this fast food just for a few days or whatever. And then before you know it, you've, um, you're just in a, it can happen so quickly without you realizing it. So putting up those hard boundaries and um, things that are immovable for you, I think can be a, a, an enormously important factor. And for me, some of those is, is sleep, some of it's exercise and, some of it's just having some time off. Um, I'm, for sure. I'm with you there. I'm with you there. Well, all I can say is I'm not going to. We're uh, something our listeners should know. We are recording this on a Friday afternoon, Friday night even. And uh, Rye's very kindly agreed to do this for us. So, Rye, I'm not going to hold you up too much longer. I'm going to let you have your rest. I'm going to let you have <laughs> your sleep. I'm going to let you have some time out with your friends. And I'm going to thank you so much from the whole of the NEF, the NEF, uh, all the NEFs out there. Uh, for your time and wish you all the best with 
unmind and with the rest of scaling your business. Thank you. And good luck to everyone on the NAF program this year and in any subsequent years. Um, I'm, I, I benefited massively from it and wish everyone well, for sure. Fantastic. Thanks so much. And uh, everyone uh, have a wonderful NAF experience. Hmm. Woo! If you've enjoyed listening to this podcast and think you have an entrepreneurial backbone, why not join our NEF Fast Track programme? Have a look at our website and social media for updates on this. If you wish to become a partner company or join the entrepreneurial ecosystem, why not come to one of our events? We very much look forward to meeting you.